Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast. This is rant number five. Woe to you to the Vatican Church. This is actually going to be a rant. My last rants have been more of a monologue more than less of a rant. I, I'm, I'm just going to be flat out honest. Anybody who's listened to any more than one of my episodes is probably aware that I've said on several occasions that I'm going to try to be um, patient and uh, um, understanding you know, toward other people because I'm trying to grow in piety. But there are some things, there are absolutely some things that I, I can no longer, I can no longer be nice about, to to try to be pious about. And these things are the desecration the misrepresentation and the blasphemies that go on in the Catholic Two sect. What set off this rant? Um, to those of you who check my uh, my podcast description, I have a Pinterest account where I put images of pre-Vatican II stuff on my account, and it occurred to me tonight. They they have the interiors of Gothic cathedrals. Now, since a lot of people are ignorant about the work that went on to make these these monuments, they were literally monuments to God himself. No expense was spared. Oh, the highest craftsmanship went into it. To build these things. And by the way, it you know, unlike today's buildings, it wasn't tossed up in like a year. These things took dozens of years to build. Sometimes, depending on the cathedral, hundreds of years. And they're empty. You Vatican II sect members have turned our living monuments to God into mausoleums. Woe to you for doing that. They're they're no longer monuments to God, but merely curiosities that uh, sloppy tourists walk through with no reverence, no respect. It's more like a museum than it is an actual house of worship for the one true God. And that's that's not the only thing I'm mad about. I'm, I'm mad about... I've done four or five episodes... Tr- 
trying to be nice and explain why I, you know, why I left the Vatican II sect. And, you know, it doesn't appear, um, it doesn't appear to make the difference. Now, me personally, for myself, I'm not, you know, I've said in multiple episodes, I'm not in this for me. I'm just trying to do God's will as I see it. So when I see, when I see that, you know, people aren't really paying attention, I don't get mad for my sake. I get mad because these people are playing with their soul. Now, forget forget the fact that I'm that I'm angry right now. I want you to understand something. I do care that the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is because I don't want to see anyone go to hell. So I'm trying to get people you know, I'm trying to point people in the right uh I should say I'm trying to do God's will to get people to go in the right direction. And apparently, their soul isn't much worth to them. Either they're so presumptuous, which I think is part of the case, that they think, well, I'll get into heaven. Or, you know, they're just indifferent. And I just don't understand the mindset of the last of the last uh, attitude, how you could be indifferent if you believe that there's a heaven and hell and you're like, yeah, whatever. I don't understand that mindset. Now, the presumptuousness, that's actually a Protestant mindset, which is actually baked into the Vatican II's church. Or, I'm sorry, not church, sect. Because, you know, a lot of Protestants just automatically assume they're getting to heaven because they said a little prayer. I, I've, when I was on social media before I started getting serious about God, I ran into all sorts of Vatican II members. Oh, I can't believe Pope so-and-so did this. I can't believe Bishop so oh. And then when you asked them, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm just a layman. I can't do anything. Are you going to tell God that when you face him? The whole point why I'm angry is because God's being disrespected, his mother's being disrespected, and his church on earth is being disrespected. Now, since I don't have my own private army that I can go out and clear the Vatican II trash. I put out these podcasts and hope that the Holy Spirit does the rest. But here's the thing. I have a limited presence on social media. And, you know, these Vatican II types, they'll have it in their bio. Oh, I love Jesus. I love Mary. Really? Do you really love them? That you're willing to tolerate balloon masses? 
that you're willing to tolerate, to, to know implicitly that the priest is not supposed to face the congregation. The priest is not supposed to be informal. The, the, what you guys call a table supper is actually supposed to be an actual sacrifice. To have half-naked women uh, rolling up and down your aisles, twirling banners. And by the way, if these atrocities and blasphemies aren't happening in your church, that's just scratching the surface, people. You got bishops and a literal heretic is Pope. And, you know, if you love God, do you actually think, do you actually think that say we went back 200 years that we would have, or I'm sorry, you guys would have a quote-unquote Pope like Francis? Do you really think that? But you make excuses. That's the spirit of it's the liberals, it's the bishops. No, it's your indifference and the indifference of your relatives that we had the Vatican II Council. Which anybody who cares about their religion should know if they're they're not chock full of cognitive dissidents. Has has been a disaster. It's brought dishonor, dishonor and shame to Christ's true church on earth. You guys have saints of popes. One is an actual mason. The other one turned a blind eye to the child sex abuse scandal. You have another one who purposely Protest Protestantized the mass and yet, you know, oh, Pope Paul, or I'm sorry, St. Paul VI, uh, St. John Twenty-Third, St. John Paul the, the Second. You're willing to turn a blind eye toward this and you say you love Jesus Christ and his mother. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You really should. No, no person who loves God and his holy mother should allow these, these blasphemers, these heretics, to get away with the things that they're doing. Now, I understand that you're under the same situation I am, which is, um, you know, it's not like you can gather your own private army. But you aren't even willing two things. You're not even willing to do two things. Number one, research your options. And by the way, the Society of Pius X is not an option. Those guys are talking out both sides of their mouth. To their more, to their more um, traditional audience, they're saying, oh yeah, Vatican II is terrible. And to, the, to their more uh, unorthodox followers, they're, they're making secret deals with the Vatican II. Okay, so the Society of St. Uh, Pius X is not an option. Not if you want to be truly worshiping God in spirit and truth. And then the second thing is, is that you, uh, you're just, you're willing to go along with it. 
If you're not willing to, to take concrete steps to get yourself out of that false church, you're just willing to go along with it because it's easier. That's just sloth. Last time I checked, I could be wrong. Uh, it's been a few years since I've been in Vatican II church. Last time I checked, sloth was one of the uh, deadly sins of that church. Now, of course, you know, over the past 10 years, that could have massively have changed. But, and, and you know, and to make it worse, to make it absolutely worse, not in, in addition to the indifference and the, the coldness of heart, you guys actually dare, dare to treat Sedevacantis like the village idiot without having the common dang decency to research what Sedevacantum is. Set of Vacantism represents. And, and by the way, your Vatican II apologists, they twist what Vatican, uh, I'm sorry, Set of Vacantists say and do and what we believe. And they misinform and they misrepresent. Okay? Purposely. Now, um, I'm in no position to know what's going to happen there. But if it were me personally, I would not be running around distorting and misrepresenting another person's position, especially since given the evidence that's right in front of your eyes, the set of the contest is right. As I said in an earlier episode, set of the contest, because I did three years of research before I decided this is it. They can quote you chapter and verse. They're actually autistic about it. They can quote you chapter and verse. How Vatican II is heretical. But people wanted to, to treat us as clowns. You know. Or, or at best, you know, oh, they're, they're misguided. They're misguided. Protestants. They call us Protestants. Or cafeteria Catholics. Okay. You do know where the term cafeteria Catholic came from, don't you? The Vatican II Church. From the unorthodox members of the Vatican. Well, you're all unorthodox. I'm talking about the ones who wear their progressive politics like a badge of honor when it comes to the church. They were called cafeteria Catholics by other Vatican II people. It's only lately that some of your apologists have run around calling us Protestant schismatics and cafeteria Catholics. We're following the, the traditional Catholic teachings before Vatican II. What's what is Protestant about that? We recognize Vatican II as a heretical council promulgated by um, a hierarchy that automatically disqualified themselves when they signed on to the heresies of Vatican II. 
But yeah, you want to clown on us, right? You want to clown on us. And and here's the thing. One of the set of accountants that goes to my uh, church was telling us that, you know, she had some Vatican II friends that were, they were fed up with the Francis Circus. And so they wanted to go to our church, but they didn't want to become set of accountants. How much sense does that make for you? If you truly love God and his holy mother, and you know that there's something wrong with Rome, but, oh, I don't want to become son of a contest. No, no, no. I'll go for the smells and the bells and the tradition, but I'm not joining you guys. That's, that's the very definition of insanity and cognitive dissonance. By the way, there's a very thin line separating the two. You have turned, you Vatican II types, you have turned monuments to God into mausoleums. You have turned um, what should be houses of worship into modernist monstrosities. You have turned traditional Catholic teachings, what you haven't outright censored, you selectively edit so that the parts that actually matter aren't there, and the stuff that, you know, kind of mirrors what you guys believe is in those books. Your, um, I, I'm not sure about the monks, but some of your nuns might as well be lay women. Because if they wear the habit, it's a mini skirt, it's a, uh, um, the veil, it barely covers them. And if they can't even bother to do that, they, um, they just dress in civilian clothes. By the way, the priests do too. I've seen it. Would you take holy orders? That's your uniform. You know, having been ex-military, you don't take off your uniform. And, um, And the ones who actually dress in traditional habits because they're they're following the Vatican II um, sect rules are no, you know, they might as well be college girls playing sexy nun because they have no conception of what what true Catholicism is. And while we're on that, you degrade the art. Ever since 1960, traditional, or I'm sorry, Catholic art is no better than Protestant art. And if you listen to my critique of Protestantism, by the way, I was one of those too, you will, you will uh, notice that I say that basically Protestant Christian art is very, it's very banal. You've turned, compare the art from 
oh, I don't know, a hundred years ago to the art now. The art coming out of Vatican II is banal in the extreme. Because it's basically made by people who don't truly love God and who don't truly love his mother and definitely don't really love his church. Um, the music. I, I had the unfortunate, misfortune, I'm sorry. I have, I, I make uh, music lists on YouTube for my own private listening. And I saw, um... Uh, an album with some nuns and traditional habits. I, I I put it onto my onto my playlist, and the stuff they were singing. Some of you may be too old to get the reference, but there was an episode on South Park where Cartman basically he gets they they he had a pop band with his little buddies, and basically they wouldn't listen to Cartman. So Cartman gets mad and he starts his own group, but he, he, he makes a very astute observation. He says, well, we'll sing about Jesus. We'll make it like a pop song, but instead of, uh, love and kisses and all that, we'll say Jesus, but we'll put it to a pop music beat. And that's basically what Protestant praise and worship music is. It, to take something as sublime as Gregorian chant and to sing something no different than you would hear in a top 40 Protestant Christian radio station or for that matter, a top 40 pop music station is just disrespectful. And, and in addition to that, I mentioned earlier that you guys have the brass monkeys to take traditional Catholic books and edit them, selectively edit them for your own purpose when you're not outright censoring them. Okay. I'm not equating Catholic teaching to God's holy scripture, but the books that are written by, well, shoot, anything written be, uh, for the most part before 1960 is, is safe for Catholics. It shouldn't be messed with. But because it contradicts your fake doctrine, your betters think, oh, we got to censor this. We got to cut this out. I have personal experience with that. I have personal experience with that. Where I've read traditional Catholic um, teachings. And um, it'll say, there'll be a little footnote. That says, oh, we had to take this part off because it it, it contradicts what uh, we teach now. It's no longer right and proper. I, I, I made the mistake. I've got a Kindle and 
I downloaded some free um, Baltimore catechisms to kind of bone up on the faith. I got midway through, I think it was the first volume, and I noticed it was missing entire sections. I would go from, uh, from teaching 109, and it would go to 115. Nothing in between, just 109 to 115. You guys, you, you know, with Protestants, I don't cut Protestants much slack, but I can at least understand where a Protestant is coming from. He's coming through from ignorance, pride, and um, arrogance. But at least when the Protestants took over Catholic churches, they turned them into Protestant churches. You guys are going into Catholic churches and you're subtly, subtly taking the, the beauty and the sublimity that used to be in Catholic churches. And you're, you're basically making them into Protestant churches undercover. And that to me, I'd rather deal with the enemy I can see than the enemy that's standing right next to me. You guys are literally Judas Iscariot and don't even, well, some of you may not know, and I, I'm sure a lot of you don't care that, you know, um, You guys are like the barbarian invasion of Western Europe in the early Dark Ages. Instead of, but well, actually, you pretty much do the same thing that they did, and you pretty much do the same thing that the Protestants do did during the Protestant Revolt. Um, you know, you destroy beauty. Basically, you destroy beauty, you destroy sublimity, you claim to worship God, but your accent, your actions don't show it. And by the way, I don't want to hear this garbage about, why I prayed the rosary every day and I say my prayers. If you're, if you're doing that while still while you're while you're still following the doctrine of Vatican II, which is pure heresy, you're no better than than a, than than an atheist doing it. And by the way, I know there's a lot of Vatican II people who are truly ignorant of what's going on. Okay, so. You know, if you care about your soul and you think you love Jesus and Mother Mary, don't, you know, if you don't do it for yourself, that you love Jesus and Mary, can you do it for them? You know, at least find out what I'm talking about isn't false. You know, instead of listening to the, uh, the grifters, who are selling you a false bill of goods, 
actually get it from the horse's mouth. And, um, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's, you know, and let's talk about the dishonor of the Catholic Church. Now, in the 80s, the child rape that went on in the Catholic Church since at least the 60s was basically an open secret amongst Catholics. And then the 90s came around and the Boston Globe did their expose. And then you had no excuse for not realizing that you had a bunch of pederasts in your church who were clergy. And some of the hierarchy was covered. If they weren't actual pederasts, they were covering for their pederast clergy. You don't see how that brings shame to God? You don't see how that brings shame to his mother? Not to mention, though, you know, you guys aren't the one true church, but unfortunately for Sedvacantis, the average normie in the streets thinks you're the one true Catholic church, and they see stuff like that, and they see your rationalizations, your excuses, your cover-ups, and they rightfully hold you in contempt. As well, you know, I got to admit, when I first joined Vatican II, I, I used to upset me when I used to see people taking what I thought were cheap shots. And then it got to the point where the heresy and the blasphemies that were going on within that church were too large to ignore. And then my basic attitude was, yeah, they have it coming. But yet, you know, the set of a contest, oh, we're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, we're, we're, we're trailer park popes, you know, that's basically what this random is about is the disconnect. You literally are the meme. They worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far away from me. Okay, um, by the way, don't think I'm getting, you know, don't think I'm getting any pleasure from this. I just, I got to be honest, I got to thinking about those, those, those once glorious monuments to God's church and to God being literal mausoleums. Literally being mausoleums. You know, basically museums. And it made me mad because you guys are willing to put up with it. Because you guys don't want it. All you want to do is get on your, your Facebook. You want to get on your Twitter and complain. The time for complaining's over. Okay, for those of you 
who are not too deep in the cognitive dissonance, it's time to get out. I'm begging you, get out while you still can before you get swallowed up. Because the Vatican II Church is is a uh, house of cards that's ready to collapse. And by the way, while we're talking about this, to those of you who are biblically and theologically literate, I mean beyond the Vatican II crap, how many times in the Bible did God hit the Israeli, uh, I'm sorry, the um, the Judea, well, actually the, the Israelites, how many times did he hit them with punishments, with wrath? How many times? And then you look through Catholic history. The Reformation was a direct smack in the face to the Catholic Church at that time because it became too worldly, too sensual. The French Revolution happened because basically the French secularized the Catholicism of their country. Vatican II happened, if you listen to some uh, prophecies, because basically Catholics from the year 1700 to, um, to 1960, basically instead of fighting the world, said, yeah, we'll coexist. Now, I'm not a theologian. I don't claim to be one. That's what some of the prophecies say. It makes sense. And I want to remind you of something. Of what a Pope, a real Pope saint, not a fake one said. I'm talking about St. Pius X. Number one. Um, let me see if I can get this quote right. Basically, what he was saying is um, toleration does not mean compromise. I'm probably massacring that quote, but I think it goes something along those lines. And then he said, we are the church militant. Now, there are Catholics running. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. There are Vatican II uh, sect members running around. Oh, we're the church militant. We're the church militant. Michael Voris runs his scam operation called Church Militant. I don't see anything militant about you except that you'll go after true Catholics. And uh, that's the part that also makes me mad. You'll go after us harder than you will the Protestants. Now, I know with, with Vatican II theology, oh, no, they're not heretics. They're, 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 they're separated. No, you're, you're not, they're not separated brethren. You guys are, you're both brethren. Except one are actual, you know, heretics who call themselves Protestant and you guys who are Protestants pretending to be Catholic. You're LARPing. You're LARPing at being Catholic. You know, how long, you know, 
one more thing I want to add about this thing. I want to remind you guys of what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. He was he he talked about how people will come to him at the last judgment. Oh, didn't we do great works in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And Jesus says, "Get uh go out into the outer darkness, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Have you even stopped to think what that means? Have you even, and by the way, because I know, I absolutely know that this is going to make a lot of people mad. I'm not claiming to be 100% right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to do the will of God as I understand it. But I, I'm not claiming. I'm not claiming to be a saint. I'm not claiming to be a prophet. I'm just, I'm just a true Catholic who's had enough of the garbage, enough of the BS. And um, what I will say is this too. I would rather... And I mean this sincerely. I would rather do what I think is the will of God on earth and go before him and get judged and face hell because I did that. I did it the wrong way or I didn't do it the way he wanted to. Then pretend to be something I'm not. Like I said, I'm not saying that every Vatican II Catholic is like that. But if you're not even willing, if you're see, basically I'm throwing down the gauntlet to you guys. If you see there's something wrong in your church and you're making excuses, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to answer for that. At least when I go before God, if I'm not doing everything the correct way or whatever, I will go to hell knowing I tried. You're going to have no excuse. Because God is going to show you all the times that people tried to warn you. You know, all the things that you saw and ignored and you didn't care. You either didn't care or it was too much effort or whatever reason you know that human beings have you know everybody's an individual everybody's got a reason but just because you have a reason doesn't mean it's the right reason you guys have basically defaced God's church on earth you've defamed it and you brought shame. You brought shame and discredit. Not just down on, you know, what people thinks, what people think are the, is the Catholic Church. But you've also done it to God and his mother. 
Every time you proclaim, no, the Catholic Church is the one true church, and you're Vatican II, you're basically saying Vatican II Catholicism with all its warts, all its pus, is, uh, is the true Catholic religion. So, I, like I said, I take no pleasure in this. I really don't. Um, if you're just coming on to this broadcast without any context of where I'm coming from, I suggest, I, I did a episode, a couple episodes ago, explaining, giving a brief outline and then pointing you in the right direction which episodes to listen to. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not claiming to be a prophet and I'm not claiming to be a saint. And yes, I know it's so beloved. It's so beloved of your, uh, Vatican II apologists to say, well, you can't question the hierarchy. You're not a saint. That's actually wrong, but I think it's purposely wrong. You have a duty as Catholics. That's why we're called the church militant. We're not supposed to stand around with a thumb up our butt while things are being perpetrated under Jesus's name and the name of his church. And we just stand around sucking our thumbs going, I can't do nothing about it. You know, if you can't do anything else, you could at least get in the right church. And it doesn't, it may, you, 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 you may lose some friends. You may even lose some families. If you're anywhere familiar with the saints, they'd say, they say, you know, I would rather lose the, by the way, Jesus himself said this. What does it gain you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Okay, I don't take pleasure in this. And believe it or not, and I also state this throughout my episodes, I do care. I do care ab about the state of souls around me. And mainly because I have led such a dissolute, sinful life. And it wasn't until last summer that I came to the conclusion. And by the way, I only dimly understand this. I'm sure that if I fully understood the graces and the blessings that it took for me to get to this point, I would put a bullet in my brain out of shame. And I'm not, I'm not using hyperbole. I would literally commit suicide out of shame if I truly, you know, if I could see myself from God's eyes. So this is my woe to you, Vatican II sect. You know. Uh, and by the way, one last bit of advice. Ignore the tone. Ignore the tone. 
and concentrate on what I just said. You know, too many people, they, they don't listen and they don't use their critical thinking. Listen to what I just said. And one more thing I want to cover. Do you think that John the Baptist, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the publicans, publicans, I'm sorry, publicans and the prostitutes and the drunkards, do you think that they liked what John the Baptist had to say? Do you think um, the pre-Jesus Israelites listened to, uh, enjoyed listening to Jeremiah? Enjoyed listening to Isaiah? Enjoyed listening to Jonah? The reason why I'm allowing anger to creep into this podcast is I'm tired of the indifference of people who should know better. And once again, I'll also make the disclaimer. I'm not claiming to be a saint or a prophet here. What I'm saying is, is when somebody, when somebody is saying things that you don't like or you don't want to hear, there's a human tendency to want to tune out and write them off as a loon or a nut. Um, I got one more thing. Well, I think that God wants me to end now because I had something at the back of my head and I can't remember. So, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. One last thing I want to leave you with. I've learned through life, and maybe part of it is my military training, but when somebody when somebody is either walking through a firefight like they're clueless or if they're walking toward a cliff edge or you know they're doing something stupid like an 80-year-old billionaire marrying a 30-year-old bimbo you can't, you know, sorry guys, it's a fact. You can't sit there and say, ah, oh, you really shouldn't do that, brother. Don't do that. Don't do that. You have to say, hey, knock it off. But that doesn't mean that, um, you know, I'm getting a, a kick out of this. And, and one last thing. I know, I keep saying it. This is going to be the absolute last thing I say on this issue. If it were up to me, I mean, literally up to me, I wouldn't be doing this. In, in a perfect world, we'd all be living for God and we'd be all doing it the right way. Unfortunately, original sin exists and it's real and the 
Satan, I, I don't care what the heretic in chief right now says, Satan is real, his demons are real. And by the way, I used to say on Twitter that Pope Francis was the legitimate, or I'm sorry, not the legitimate, was the logical extension of Vatican II. The reason why I said this, say this is back in either the 70s or the 80s, I had heard Catholic clergy say, oh, there's no such thing as the devil. It's all mental illness. The devil's uh, demons, they don't exist. No, they do. They're real. All right. I'm done. I thank you guys. If you, if, if you haven't turned this off in like the first five minutes, I want to thank you for your perseverance and for giving me a shot to say what I need to say. Um... I humbly request, though, before you write me off, just give it a prayer. See where the Holy Ghost leads you before you write me off. Some of you won't. You'll just write me off. That's fine. Um, I do care. I do care about my art as best as I can. That's another thing, too. One of the things that the reason I know I'm not a saint is because I do care, but a saint would, you, you probably read about the saints. I mean, it would affect them um, more deeply, more emphatically. And unfortunately, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just starting to try to be more pious and more devout. But I, I care in so far as much as a flawed, failed human being can care. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your time. God bless you. I'm praying for everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later.